Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. And we all say, Amen. so glad you are here. Thank you to our worship team. Awesome job as always. If you are here joining us, you can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you for joining us online. Those who are watching from home, from work or wherever you might be on vacation. If you're on vacation and you're watching us, you're making effort. Because <laughs> I don't know if I would. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. I might not. But no. Uh, We are glad that you are here. We're glad that you are joining us here today in person or online. Uh, We appreciate it. And we we love you very much. And we're so glad, uh, again, just to be able to meet back in person again for those of us who are here in the house. But we value you that are watching online as well. Last week was Easter, and we were able to celebrate that. And this week, or for the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna be speaking these next couple of weeks on a couple of topics that I'm calling "Make Space." It's not a series. It is just something that God has put on my heart to to share. Because last week, or at the beginning of this month, April the first, we also celebrated our three-year anniversary of Emmanuel Church, and that is exciting in that I'm excited for what God is going to do. But these 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 message today and the message next week that I'm going to share with you all is that uh, is at the heart of why we wanted to start this ministry in the first place. Why we wanted to do what we're doing here in the first place. It goes back to the heart of what God put on my heart and my wife's heart as we started this service. Because there is so much that we can do in life and there's so much that we can do at church and so much that we can add and uh, make uh, room for and do and uh, build up. But we never want to be be able to forget why we're doing this in the first place. Why we're doing this in the first place. And the title of my message today is Make Space for Jesus. Make Space for Jesus. And the idea behind this is because um, I, I kind of started looking around my house and I said, man, you know, my house is looking a little crowded. And I, and I've thought about that. And I was like, you know, we need. I was telling my wife we need to do some some spring cleaning, some deep spring cleaning. There was that trend that went around for a while that was on uh, that got popular because of Netflix uh, to Marie Kondo things. Does this spark joy? And I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but it, it, the idea was behind you go through every every room in your house. You pick out all of the belongings and everything from that room, and you say, does this spark joy does this bring 
me happiness or is it something that I have here because I just have it here? And those kind of things take up room and you start to notice that things fill up really fast. And you never know how much stuff you really have until you decide to move. Do you decide to move or you decide to um, reorganize your house or remodel or things like that? You, re- you, you never really know how much stuff you have. But I, I started thinking about it like that because when we realize how much stuff we have and we start getting rid of things, we start realizing, you know, our space is a lot bigger than we thought it was. Uh, the, the, the room that we have, we have more room. Even rearranging furniture can make a room seem a lot bigger. Even rearranging uh, just items or things on the wall or changing your angle or perspective of the way things are arranged can suddenly shift the way an entire room, an entire, uh, f- the entire feel or atmosphere of the places that you are in. And I started thinking about that in terms of our church. And I started, God put on my heart, are, are you making space? Are you making space for the right things? And so today I'm going to speak on make space for Jesus. And next week I'm speaking make space for people. Because these are the heart of the two, these are the two things at the heart of Emmanuel Church. Why we exist in the first place. We want to make space for Jesus and we want to make space for people to meet Jesus so that anyone can meet Jesus. And today I want to read in Matthew chapter 8 verses 18 to 22. And it's about Jesus, of course, because we're talking about Jesus. And Jesus... You know, we, we, we think about Jesus in a, a lot of different ways, but we never think about Jesus turning away people, you know. But in this particular instance, in this story, Jesus does turn away people, but not, not on his own. You know, he, he gives, uh, he, he tells people what he actually wants or desires of them. And oftentimes they decide that it's, it, it's, it's too much. It's too much. And so in this space, the words of Jesus, in this passage, the words of Jesus actually discourage people from following him. But there is more to it here today. So Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 to 22, it says like this. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then the teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, it's, it, it, it's weird. It almost seems insensitive, especially that last part right there. It's like, well, you know, uh, let me go back and, and, and bury my father. You know, he died, and I need, to, I need to bury him. And Jesus is like, don't worry about that. It, it, it seems weird. It seems odd 
that Jesus is, is making these assumptions. This other man, too, asked Jesus, well, I'll, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And then he's like, well, you know what? I, I really don't have anywhere that I'm going or a place to stay. And we don't see, actually, the other end of the story. We don't see what happens, but what we are led to assume is that these people that came to Jesus, these two people that came to Jesus, decided that they are not going to follow through. That they decided that they are either not going to follow through, or maybe they decided to follow Jesus despite what he said. We don't see that, but we're given the option to, uh, to try and see the story from these two perspectives. Did they actually follow through Jesus? Did they did, follow Jesus? Did they make space for Jesus? Or did they decide to keep their lives as it were and go about their way and go do the things that they wanted to do? Because there's a lot of things and what we have to understand, and as we get into this text, we have to understand this. There are a lot of things in life that can take up space. They can take up uh, so much kind of, of spiritual clutter, mental clutter, and even physical clutter. Things that we keep around that can just fill our lives to the point where we feel crowded out. And not only do we feel crowded out, we end up crowding out Jesus. We crowd out Jesus in our own lives. We, we do things, we stick to certain routines or certain traditions or certain beliefs that we're stuck with and we push Jesus out of our lives. And there's a few things that I want to touch on today that, that, that do that, that they take up space in our lives. First of all is our perspective. It's a perspective. Our perspective can change a lot of things. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen perspective art or anything like that. Or those kind of like hologram little stickers. The way you move them and the picture changes. Or if you change the angle from which you're viewing something, then everything seems different. You know, a lot of times you'll come to church and you'll, you may sit, if you're here in person, you sit in, in, in a seat here, you might not know what the view is like from up here. And because and, I can see everything, you know. <laughs> Some people don't think, it's like, if the preacher is up here, you think they don't see you sleeping? They don't see you doing I'm, I'm And it's okay. It's okay. But our perspective changes the way we view things. It changes things. It changes how we see things. And so our perspective first is, is first and foremost what we need to pay attention to. Because it can push Jesus out of our lives. Because a lot of times what our perspective is as a believer is that we have this idea that life is separated into two compartments. We have a spiritual compartment and we have regular life. You know, what, what we might say in the church, secular life. Something that's outside of the religious, outside of the spiritual. Our, our everyday lives, our work, our family, you know, uh, our friends, our activities, hobbies, everything that we do. We, we consider that in its own separate bubble a lot of times. And this dualistic view messes with our perspective of how we understand God and how we understand Jesus wanting to be a part of our lives. 
Because Jesus doesn't just want to be an addition. And that's the problem with this perspective. A lot of times we just add Jesus onto our lives as if he's another thing to do on our to-do list. He's another priority that we add to our ever, never-ending list of priorities. He's another checklist on our to-do list that we have to take care of. Well, you know, today I have to have some Jesus. Or this week I have to have some Jesus so we come to church. And so we have this idea that life is this separate kind of thing. But the problem, and, and, we, don't re, no, the, and we don't even realize that we're doing it sometimes. It's in little ways. It's in little ways. Someone at work asks us, what would you do this weekend? And all you did was stay at home and then you go to church. But what do you say? Ah, nothing. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about what we might have learned. We don't talk about what God did on our lives. We, we don't talk about that aspect because, we, because whatever. We, we might assume that they don't want to hear about it. We might be afraid to share about it. Or we might think that this is not the space to talk about it in. And so we separate it. We separate it. We don't want people to know. We don't pray as a family together as often as we should. We come together as a family. We make sure that everybody is on time to church, you know, and everybody gets all riled up and, uh, you know, you, you, uh, I've seen comedians talk about it. It's like, it's like, go to, come on, we need to go to church and learn about the love of Jesus, yelling at their children angry in the morning and then they walk in walk out of their car in the parking lot with a big smile on the face god bless well we can't even see the smiles right now because of mass but you think you, you can you actually can you know if you pay attention to someone's eyes you can see if they're kind of like squinting they're smiling you know if they're not well then i don't know they might not be happy to see you <laughs> i'm just kidding but the thing about it is we do it, we do it in little ways. We don't pray as often. We, we spend family time at church, and that's the only spiritual time we spend as a family together. When we go to work, we don't consider work as anything that can be any kind of worship or be anything spiritual. Work cannot be spiritual. And so we, when we compartmentalize our lives this way, we miss what God wants for us. And that's, I, that's what I think that Jesus was trying to hint at in this passage. Jesus was trying to hint at several aspects. If you look at it, he, he tells the young man, well, let the dead bury their own dead. And, and it sounds like a weird thing that he would be telling this man that this this man whose father had passed to let the dead bury their own dead. But that's often used as a spiritual view of things. Let the spiritually dead bury the spiritually dead. Let them deal with that. You come to life in me. And so Jesus wants us to understand there isn't a separation here. There, It's not... There's more to it than you see. Your family, your work, your job, all of that, all of life is a space we can make for Jesus. The Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. Everything that is in this earth, everything in this universe, God holds in the palm of his hands. So how can we say that one space of our lives is not more spiritual than the other 
Because God wants us to be able to make that space. And the problem is, is when we do not understand this perspective, or we, when we have this perspective, it creates other problems. It, it creates new issues that we have to deal with. Now we have worry and fear that we live in on a regular basis. We might come to church and we might feel good about God and that God is good. And, you know, because, you know, you, you know those people, you always tell them at church, it's like, how are you doing? God, I'm blessed. That might not even be true. <laughs> they may not feel that way, but they're at church. So what? That's obligated. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. But are you? Are you feeling that way? God is good. Yes, God is good. But behind that, God is good might be something else. God, that, that it, it creates this idea now that we can come to one space and be okay, but then walk out to the rest of our lives and live it in worry and fear. Worry about money. Worry about reputation. Worry about our career. Worry about our future. Worry... And that worry is, is fear. It puts in us this way of living that's fearful. We never know. We're always unsure. We're always unsatisfied. And so we deal with this and worry and fear now take up space in our lives. And there's no room for Jesus. Because we have that one section of our lives that's for Jesus. And it getting crowded out. It's getting crowded out. And not only worry and fear, but then we start to make idols in other spaces of our life. And, you know, I know that idols are not something that we know, like, because uh, it's not something that we really do in this day and age. But idols were, were everything in the ancient world. Gods, the gods and the many gods that people believed in were always represented by something, whether it was a temple, whether it was a statue, whether it was something uh, made of wood or gold or stone. People would often have like personal idols that they'd keep in their homes and they'd keep, or, or even in rooms that, that they would keep so that they would have a sense that they were connected to the spiritual when they were in that place. But we might not believe or, or make idols of other gods. Well, I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in any other gods. Well, yeah, that might be true, but we make idols of other things. Through worry and fear and other things in our lives, we make idols of money. We're more concerned about our paycheck. We're more concerned about what's coming into our bank account than we are with Jesus. We're more concerned with spending time, with, and oftentimes it can even be, we're more concerned with family than, than Jesus. We don't go to church because we always have something for family. We don't go to church because we're concerned about finishing other things. We, we, we don't, and it's not even just going to church. We don't spend time with Jesus because we're worried about other things. And so they become idols in our lives. Money. Work, family, and not just that. There can be other things. We can become so obsessed with a television show, so obsessed with a sports team, so obsessed with so much that we put people, or even people that we 
end up calling celebrity Christians nowadays. We put them on this pedestal and they become the one we look to instead of Jesus. And so we crowd out Jesus because of our idols, because of the things that we admire more than making room for Jesus. And it's important to understand these things. It's important to understand what is taking up space. Because we need to understand why we need to make room for Jesus. Some of these things might seem harmless. Some of them are good. But good things can become bad things if there's too much of it. Just like anything, you know. You drink too much water. Yeah, I never even knew about that one time. I remember researching that. If you drink too much water, you can, you can actually drink too much water. And there can be too much water in your system. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't drink water. Please drink water. It's important to life. But that too much of a good thing can hurt you. You shouldn't eat too much dessert. One more spoon. One more piece of cake. It's a good. It's good. Right? It's good. We love it. But too much of a good thing can hurt you. Too much of a good thing can hurt you. And just because something's good doesn't mean that it can't take, a sp- take up space for God. We need to understand. We need to make room because if we're not making room, if we're letting all of these things crowd our lives, we will never grow deeper in our faith. We will never go deeper in our faith. Jesus will only ever be an acquaintance and never our friend. Jesus will only ever be an acquaintance and never our friend. You know, you, you know what acquaintance is. It's the people you, you do a head nod to when you're at school. Students, you know, you see people that you kind of know, but you don't really know them. You're just like, sup. The neighbor that you live across the street from or is on the other side of the apartment complex and you're just like, Never spoken to them, but you always wave. Someone that is in and around your life, you follow them on social media, but you don't really talk to them other than the odd like or, you know, comment on their post. That's an acquaintance. They're just kind of in your life, but not really. You don't know them. You don't know much about them. You don't uh, go out with them. In fact, it would be strange if they suddenly were like, well, I want you to come over to my house and have dinner. I don't know you. <laughs> like, that's weird. I mean, it could be a, a chance to meet a new friend, but it, it can be awkward. But that's how we treat Jesus. We, we see him only on Sundays, and Jesus is only an acquaintance because we're not willing to make space. For Jesus, we're more concerned about our fears and our worries and our reputation and our idols than we are with Jesus. And so we do all of this and God is never really God in our lives. We say we love him, we say we know him, but he's really not much more than an acquaintance. So then how can we make room? What do we do in order to make room for Jesus? What do we do? We got to clean up. Spring cleaning. I, I think it was last year. Um, it's about time for me to do spring cleaning in my house this year. But I think it was last year when I did some spring cleaning. 
And I started taking out a bunch of stuff and I started throwing things away. And I must have thrown away like 12 bags of just stuff. I, I couldn't even tell you what was in the bags. I just know that it was so much stuff. And that I looked into my house and I was still like, there's still so much. And I think I only started realizing that this, this year. And my wife always tells me, we have too many, too many things. We need to be minimalistic. <laughs> We're going to throw some things away. But we do that. We need to clean up. We, we need to understand that we have to hand some things over. There are some spaces in our lives that we need to start cleaning out and give over to Jesus. The teacher of the law, he tells Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever I go. But clearly, there was something in his heart that he wasn't making space for. Jesus saw something. Jesus understood that, that he needed to say what he said. That I don't have a place to stay. I don't have a home that's my own. I travel and I, 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 I don't know sometimes if I'm going to sleep outside or if I'm going to sleep in a motel or if I'm going to spend the night at a friend's house. I don't know. There was something he needed to say to touch at the heart of what that man was thinking. And at the heart of the other young man who said, I need to go bury my father. There was something deeper in there. He, we need to do that cleaning. We need to start being uh, reflective. That's the word. Reflective. We need to first ask ourselves, is there something that's taking space in my life and pushing Jesus out? Is there something that's taking up space? We need to ask ourselves a second question. Is my perspective that God is only in one space and not another? We need to change that perspective. Are we having that dual perspective that I have a spiritual life and then I have a, uh, my normal life? Or are we allowing ourselves, are we allowing Jesus to step into every area of our lives? Are we allowing him to be in our space of work, our, our family space, our home, our school space, our vacation space, our life space? Is he involved in all of that? And I don't mean be uber spiritual because we know all those uber spiritual people that just like uh, everything is something, you know, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Yeah, but how's your life? Blessed and highly favored. And you don't get any other answer other than that. There's a demon under every rock. Satan is always fighting them for some reason. Only wear Christian t-shirts. <laughs> I used to do that. I only ever had Christian t-shirts. And then I realized I need to upgrade my style. <laughs> I am wearing a Christian t-shirt right now. Church shirt. But, you know... Not, I'm not talking about being overly spiritual or being like a weird Christian because we all know a weird Christian. But I'm talking about making room in our lives. When we go to work, are we willing to be able to do those little things to make room? Are we able to say, say oh, yeah, I, went, I did this, this, and that, and I went to church this weekend. Are we, be, are we able to pray when we need to or pray when we can anywhere that we are at? It doesn't matter. If we're at work and we are anxious, if we are at home or we are anxious or out in the world and there's something we're worried about, can we stop for a second and pray? 
Can we make our lives a little bit more focused on Jesus? It doesn't even start big, but it starts in the small things. And when we start in the small things, we build up. And we realize that we start, as we start clearing out our lives, that we've now made room for Jesus. That there is place in Him, in us, for Him. And then we don't, we, wouldn't, we don't find ourselves, wow, I just didn't have time to pray today. I didn't have time to read my Bible today. Sometimes that means we have to re- rearrange things. We rearrange furniture in our homes. We rearrange uh, apps on our phone. We, we delete and remove, reorganize stuff so that we can see what's more important to us. If we don't have space for Jesus at the end of the day, well, maybe start the day with Jesus. Change our perspective. Because there is so much that we do that we can give God glory to, that we can make Jesus center of, then we realize. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says this, So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He says, there is nothing that you cannot do that you cannot lift Jesus up in. You go to work, do it for Jesus. You, you're, you're at home, relax, rest for Jesus. He can be in all areas of our life if we allow him to. But we have to make space. And I'm about to close here. We have to make space. And the thing about it is, we have to realize that before, before we even decided to make space for Jesus or decided to make Jesus more central to our lives, the most important thing we need to remember is that Jesus first made space for us. He already has done the work to make room for us. Last week we celebrated Easter. And one of my favorite parts about Holy Week and everything, Good Friday and Holy Week is a couple parts of the story. Is One, on Good Friday, when Jesus said his last words on the cross and said, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit and he died. It says in that moment, one thing that happened was the curtain in the temple that separated the most holy place from the rest of the world was torn into. And that was God saying, now no one has the right to hide access to my presence, to my love, to who I am from anyone else. I am making space for everyone. And that in his resurrection, in that Jesus came back from the grave, that he took with him when he went there first, sin and death, that he took all of that with him and said, I'm taking this so I can make space for you, make space for life and hope and grace. Jesus already made space for us. So we should do the same. We, we, we should do the same for him. Make space in our lives for Jesus. Because he wants 
to know us. He wants us to know him. To be able to talk with him. To be able to walk with him. On that night, the night before he was betrayed, when he was having dinner with the disciples, he told them, no longer are you just my disciples. You're not just someone that can say you're my servants or my disciples or my students. No, you are my friends. That God would say, I am calling you friend. He is making space to say, here, I want you to know me. I want you to walk with me, live life with me, to, to talk with me, to break bread. That's something Jesus did on the regular, go to people's houses and eat. To be with him in this space, but not just this space, every space, at home, at work, in life, not a spiritual life or a regular life or secular life or whatever you want to call it, but in life. Because he has made life a space for life for you. Would you stand with me this afternoon? So let's pray today. And if you need prayer today and you're online with us, let us know in the chat. We want to pray for you. If you want to make space for Jesus in your life, let us know. We, we want to pray for you. Let's do that today. Let's pray so that we can make space for Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, God. Here we are. Show us what we need to make space in. Are there areas of our life that we have refused to open up to you? Maybe there are places of hurt, of doubt, of fear, of worry. Things that have taken up so much room. But here we are, God. We hand it over to you. We're doing some spring cleaning in our lives, in our hearts. So meet us where we're at. At home or in this place. Or wherever we're at. Meet us in this space. So that we can know you more. And be reminded of your love. Of your grace and the hope that you have brought for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.